Warning, this episode contains topics that may be triggering. Listener's discretion is advised. Yo, what's up, mi gente? It's Michelle, and welcome back to the second season of Coño, Who Am I? And just as a reminder, through this podcast, you will get to know me on the deepest of levels. I'll be sharing some of my most vulnerable moments in life, but all in the name of self-discovery and truly to provide guidance to others. Because navigating this racist, classist, sexist, annoying-ass country that our parents told us to be thankful to be born in can be super difficult. I'll let you all get to know some of the dopest people I know, my best friends, as I invite each one to share a little bit about how they also got to be where they are today as successful bomb boss ass women men and just dope people and because the facts are important let me not forget to mention that your girl is a licensed social worker as well so at the end of each episode expect to get some gems dropped for you to carry on with you in your journey to self-discovery i'm on a quest to empower women of color to live in their truth power beauty and most authentic self because your girl is still learning too So subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Asking for help. Why is it so hard, especially for us brown and black folk, especially from professionals? Well, as you all heard in this clip from Taraji P. Henson's new Facebook watch show called Peace of Mind, her and Meg The Stallion discuss all the reasons it's not instinctual for us to just rush into therapy for mental or social emotional support. And here I am coming back from a three-month hiatus. And mostly, y'all, because your girl needed it for her mental health, a.k.a. 
my mental health. (laughs) And it's been a crazy few months. And although this podcast is my baby and an outlet for me, it's also a lot of work. So please, bear with me as I slowly get back into the groove of things to bring you the best version of myself, which by the way, therapy has everything to do with. So my experiences with therapy, well, there's a wide variety of them. Just like most households, I was very much told that my family business was no one else's family business. And that I needed not to share that info with anyone. Basically, shut the fuck up, Michelle. (laughs) Lo que pasa aquí se queda aquí. Mental health was very stigmatized and had a negative light shined upon it. No one could be depressed, anxious, bipolar, have PTSD, or anything without being labeled crazy. Which is so interesting Because if I'm honest, I have so many close relatives that have and deal with mental health conditions. Some who treat it and some who still deal with denial and refuse to address it. But me, I was a talker at birth, so there was no shutting me up. When I was in elementary, I quickly found out who the counselor was and saw her cool office and would sneak out of class, particularly in first and second grade. Mind you, this was also when I was new to Washington and didn't really have any friends. And so I would just talk to her about all kinds of things. I remember telling her about how much I hated it in that stupid little town. And honestly, how much I disliked my mom's new husband. Looking back, now that I'm a school therapist slash social worker, I know I had her on the edge of her seat with all my stories. Anyways, I didn't realize it then, but that was me enjoying therapy. So what happened? Where did things change for me? How did I become so resistant to the idea of going to therapy? How did it take me 23 years to get back into wanting to speak to a therapist again? Shit, how did I even become one? How am I the biggest advocate for therapy when I wasn't even in it until recently? I'll tell you how. Stigma. Fear of facing my traumas. Self-righteousness. The idea that because I was and am a social worker and I do this shit for a living, that I don't need it the way that others do. Also, let me be all the way honest with y'all. I haven't shared all these things and to be honest, I don't know if I will. But shit, I talk a lot, so maybe I will. I don't know. Um, But the truth is that I've been through a lot of unpleasant and traumatic life experiences And I thought that I was a very functional human despite all of the trauma, which then allowed me to convince myself that I didn't need therapy. I was doing just fine without it, especially because in my line of work, I see a lot of not functional humans. (laughs) So I was like, I'm not like them. So I don't need it. But then a few things happen just like they always do in my life, a series of unfortunate events. We were still, as we still are now, dealing with a pandemic, only it was back then and it was newer. I was turning 30 and dealing with all the emotions and pressures that come along with that number. 
I had just found out that a lot of loved ones of mine were struggling with substance abuse. My relationship with my mom had also been at one of its lowest points. And I had just found out the real reason why one of my exes and I didn't really work out. So basically, I got a little depressed and I remember taking the day off of work to look for a therapist desperately because I felt like I just couldn't do it alone anymore. And let me be clear, y'all. I was eating healthy, running with my dog regularly, talking to my friends, and praying on a daily basis. But all of that just wasn't enough. I knew at this point, when all of these things came to a head, I needed therapy. And I was blessed enough to find the right fit for me. And we've been together ever since. (laughs) Now, it hasn't been easy discussing pain or things that I'm embarrassed about. But honesty is the best policy. And it's been an amazing relief to have someone with a non-biased opinion to help me find the tools within my toolbox to process my feelings and deal with all the trauma and the non-trauma because we talk about happy shit too. Don't get it twisted. It's not all bad. And this isn't like college where I'm like, yeah, college isn't for everyone. Nah, fam. Therapy is for everyone and everyone can benefit from it. Even us therapists. Therapists need therapists. So go out there, mi gente. Don't be afraid. Help is there on your darkest and on your brightest days. Follow me and Carla on how going to therapy shaped us to be the young professionals we are today. World, today I have a new friend y'all haven't met yet and a newer friend to my life as well, but still super close and dear to my heart, Carla. Carla, let's tell the world how we met. Hello, world. So I met Michelle in January 2020, right before the pandemic, at our local running crew, We Run Uptown, also known as Root Crew. Um, I love fitness, and I found out that Michelle also shared the same passion as well. And I think we just clicked after that. I don't remember the actual story after us taking a few pictures after running together, but we just vibed out. She hit me up on Instagram, and it's been love ever since. Yeah, I just remember um, Carla was running by herself. I remember the night I met you. I remember Carla was running by herself. So usually, like, when I go, when, when I used to go, I haven't ran in a really long time, actually. But when I used to go to the running club, Carla was, like, by herself that night particularly, and I would go running by myself, too. But I saw her by herself, and I was like, oh, she's pretty. She looks nice. She looks friendly. (laughs) So I'm going to go say hi. And I think I might have just, like, complimented her, maybe on her pace. This is, like, such a random runner shit, okay? (laughs) I was like... 9.22. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you know, good job. Or, like, you're doing so well, and you're pacing, or, like, whatever, something corny. And she was really friendly. And so then I was like... What's your Instagram? That's such a, like, millennial Gen Z shit to ask. Like, what's your Instagram? 
And then I think, yeah, she gave me her Instagram, and I think I just, like, hit her up uh, shortly after that. So, Carla, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, as you may already know, my name is Carla Arroyo. My pronouns are she and hers. I am Dominicana. I refer to myself as Latina. I am a community manager for a marketing agency, um, which I love, and I studied media communications for my undergrad, and for my master's, I studied social journalism. I'm from the Bronx, New York, but I was born and raised in Wa- <laughs> but I was born and raised in Washington Heights, and I currently still reside in the Bronx now. That's awesome. It's so interesting because. I didn't know we'd become as close as we are just from meeting in the running community. But slowly but surely, we went from running together to like hanging out to talking on a daily basis. Me and Carla literally talk every single day. To taking care of her dog. Literally, that's so funny. I was like, to becoming Kenobi's Titi, which Kenobi's my dog, everybody, which I'm extremely grateful for. And it's so funny because we always talk about this, but we talk about just like how different our personalities are and just like our way of thinking but I think we definitely make it work and one thing that's also been very inspiring about you is just like your transparency with me your willingness to take advice especially when it comes to your decision uh, to go to therapy and like the reasons behind that so I'm just gonna jump right into it tell us Carla what made you seek out therapy So I must admit, I was one of those people that thought that therapy was for quote unquote crazy people. I thought that if I ever went to therapy, there was completely that there was something completely wrong with me. However, as times have changed and just me realizing that I have a lot of I have a lot of things that I want to work on and things that I haven't spoken about in the past. And I've always kept them to myself, which is kind of shaped who I am today and I can now I'm more vulnerable as a person but before I was very guarded and I just felt like people didn't deserve to know what I was dealing with and that ended up hurting me because I felt alone for many years so what made me want to seek out therapy is that I just realized my relationship with my mom was has been a difficult one it's much better now but i feel like just taking that first step and just unpacking all of that trauma and all of those issues that we've gone through i knew was going to start something new and was going to start um leading me in the right direction and i also just have other other things on my mind that just pretty much torment me um, throughout my life. Like, for instance, I'm the type of person that lives in the future and I worry too much about everything. And I just kind of wanted to start therapy to just talk through my problems or things that I think are problems so I can be able to just continue evolving and just realizing that I'm not alone in this. And that to me was the biggest lesson I've learned so far, that I'm not alone. Would you say that, like, sometimes worrying about the future or, like... Because I feel like I I heard two things, right? Like, your relationship with your mom has probably caused you a lot of stress, right? But then also worrying about the future. Would you say some of that has caused you, like, severe anxiety? Absolutely. So... One thing I wanted to share is that I've actually been diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. I take medication very occasionally, so my prescription is just as needed. So whenever I have really anxious moments about thinking about what's next, whether it's with my job, my friends, my personal life, I just 
I kind of have to catch myself sometimes and realize that things haven't happened yet and I'm stressing out over things that are not facts. So that has brought a lot of stress. And it comes from a place of me just wanting to be prepared for things, but I realize that life in life you just have to be ready to pivot. So you can't always use that plan. And I think a lot of people don't even realize that they're suffering through anxiety when they have it. They think that like this is like a normal way of living until they like talk to somebody who does not have anxiety. And I feel like I've had this conversation with a couple of my friends. You and I have had this conversation. I've had this conversation actually with another one of my girlfriends who also has a diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder of just like me being like, uh, no, like, I mean, in in all transparency, I don't have uh, that diagnosis, right? And so like, I've literally had the conversation of like, no, actually, I don't have those thoughts on a regular day basis, right? Like, I'm not constantly worried of like, for example, maybe somebody pursuing me, right? Like, I'm not constantly worried about something that's coming up in the future. I'm not constantly worried about the next deadline. I'm not constantly worried about who I'm going to see next. I'm not constantly, right? Like, there isn't this constant worried about whatever's coming up next or something that has already happened, right? And I think I've had to say this to a couple of friends of just like, the constant worry that you think about or that's like this this dread isn't atypical right and so like if you're feeling this constant worry all the time to the point where it is now interrupting your daily function right it's becoming dreadful it is becoming it's interrupting your functionality that's the biggest thing right it's interrupting how you move on your daily basis it is almost crippling that isn't that isn't like normal for everybody. Like a lot of people aren't experiencing that on a daily basis and like those are the types of things that need to be addressed because I think a lot of people don't realize that they're dealing with these things until they talk to somebody who isn't dealing with these things. And yeah, like also to your point like you're not alone. Like again, I have another friend who's dealing with the exact same thing. She wakes up anxious. Like she just be waking up and she anxious about shit. Um, And so, like, no, there's hella people who just wake up with anxiety because they suffer from anxiety. Yeah. And also on some days, um, and you may know the answer to this better than me because you actually studied this. But for me, anxiety feels like depression sometimes, you know, like I've been depressed before, um, you know, over heartbreaks and things like that. But anxiety is a little different because for me, I can wake up feeling great. And then sometimes like. Uh, now, um, you know, it's getting darker out earlier. I have seasonal depression. I really get sad once it hits four o'clock these days. And my anxiety is just telling me like, oh, my God, like you're not happy right now. And I'm like worrying. I'm like, how can I make this better? When the other part of me is like, relax, this is just part of the seasons, literally, and just life. But I just feel sometimes that my anxiety takes me to very dark places. Um, And when I say dark places, I just find myself just being in silence at my apartment and just like, I'll lay down on the floor, like physically, it'll drag me out. And it's really sad. So I'm just, that's just one reason why I just want to continue working on that. And therapy has helped a lot. Because you know, there's every day is not going to be perfect. But when I feel like that, I'm just like, oh, my God, what has my life come to? And just one day will make me feel like that. Yeah. So what you what you're talking about is comorbidity. And to put that in layman's terms, that's just like one 
condition relating to another condition simultaneously, which is just like at the same time as another one, right? So typically depression and anxiety are very comorbid. And so usually people who suffer from depression can have a comorbidity of anxiety or vice versa. It's very typical for either one of those patients to have a comorbidity of the other condition. Uh, So yeah, that's usually very, very normal. It's not always true, right? Like you can have depression and not have anxiety or you can have anxiety Mm -hmm. and not have depression, but, but usually they are very linked. Yeah, and they do feel different though. They they are they are distinct diagnoses. They can happen at the same time and like you can be worrying about yeah, seasonal depression is coming right around the corner. Like I'm like realizing just what was it, a month ago? Right, we were setting, the sun was setting at seven o'clock. It is a hundred and ten percent setting at six o'clock now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I walk Kenobi in the mornings before I leave to go to work and the sun was rising at six in the morning. It is now rising at seven in the morning. And so like when I exit my apartment, it is still dark outside. And so I'm walking him in the dark. It is not fun. It's like very, very depressing. (laughs) And it's so interesting because I was just like having this conversation with like a guy friend and we were just talking about how like in general for men, it's so funny because like all the men of color that I've talked to and that are in close proximity to me, they have a really hard time with dealing with the change of seasons. And I feel like seasonal depression, I bet there's a study about this shit and I really just need to look this up. Like I can guarantee you that there's a study that says that men just have a higher rate of seasonal depression than women do. Like, that they suffer at a higher rate uh, of seasonal depression than women do. Like, I really think that they do, and they just go undiagnosed because men aren't talking about it as often as women are. I can see that. And I know that um, maybe Twitter may not be the most credible audience because I don't know these people, but a lot of people I have seen speaking about seasonal depression recently have been men of color on my Twitter. Yeah, you see Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I think Mm -hmm. it's just because men, I think this sounds a little harsh and this this is not what I mean, but like, take this with a grain of salt, audience. Like, they just haven't developed the coping skills that women have been given in their toolbox all the way to just even be able to express the emotion that comes behind, like, not feeling well during the winter time, right? right? And so, like, I think they're just like, why the fuck do I feel like this? I feel like shit. But they've never been able to say that to anybody, right? And so, like, they just are out here mopey as fuck during this time and, like, never really knew why. And, like, now that they can put a name to it, they're like, oh, shit. Like, I'm depressed. And it's like, yeah, bro, that's because seasonal depression is, like, an actual real diagnosis from the DSM-5. And DSM-5 as the diagnostic manual of 5th edition. So, yeah, like, that's a real thing. I digress. Anyway, (laughs) bringing it back. What was something really challenging about seeking therapy for you for the first time? And I'm sure there was many challenges because we actually talked about this, like, offline. But, like... Name them for the audience who's listening. Yes, I will tell y'all. So mine was actually, the biggest struggle was finding a therapist. Like, literally, that that was the struggle. Once I found my therapist, everything was good. So I attended Michelle's um, virtual event last year with um, featuring black and brown men and speaking about them going to therapy, which was awesome, by the way. Very memorable event. Thank and you. 
You're welcome. And ever since I know her and her friend Fatima, they created a Google Doc with resources for black and brown women to access therapy. So I used some of those resources. And one of the, one time I had found a really good therapist that I wanted to work with. But unfortunately, um, her caseload was very packed. So she wasn't able to squeeze me in. So I kind of lost motivation after that because I did have to fill out um, a very lengthy intake form. And um, just through reading her reviews, I was very excited about her. Can you tell the people what an intake form is? Yeah, so an intake form is pretty much like a pre-screening before therapy. So they ask questions about your background, previous traumas, why you want to go to therapy, and any previous diagnosis diagnoses you may have had. And that one was specifically long. So I was a little unmotivated after that. But then, you know, life kept happening. And I realized that there were just a lot of things I became desperate to speak about. So I just started calling a lot of practices. Some of them wouldn't even answer the call. I would even check certain lists online. I would check ZocDoc, which is another website to find therapists and all these other directories and no luck. So one day I just had a light bulb go off in my head. And I'm like, why can't I just call my PCP? my primary care physician and see if they have a mental health center. And they actually did. And they actually took my insurance. And I was um, I was assigned a therapist within like a week. And so far, um, it has been great. She is currently on leave right now. So I'm actually working with another, another therapist in the interim, which I really like as well. <laughs> so that's going to be a bit of a hard decision when my initial therapist comes back. But it's good that I'm getting along with both of them. So this is good, um, depending on what works out for me. So yeah, that was my biggest challenge, actually finding a therapist. Yeah, and I've said this to a lot of people, like... Especially like during the pandemic, as we're still in the pandemic and like working in the referral process as well, like people are booked like therapy and like the area of mental health is like a huge need right now. And like everyone wants a therapist. And so, you know, people are really, really booked and their wait lists are really, really long. And yeah, it's hard to find a therapist. It really, really is. So I encourage People who are studying to be therapists to get out there and get in the field because there is a high demand for therapists. But also those for looking for therapists do not get give up. And like you heard Carla just say, like if you need to go to your primary care doctor, then just ask them. They're a great resource. And if not, you know, go to your local cl- go to your local clinic. Make sure that you're asking your local clinics. And yeah, just make sure you're going, you know, using all your avenues. I'll actually have at the end of this podcast some resources as well um, that you all can can use. Oh, I was also going to say check with your employer if they offer some sort of benefits for this. For instance, my employer, we have Ginger, which is an app that um, gives you a coach that you can speak to via chat or via video. And I know some companies do BetterHelp, which is another therapy app. So also check for that. You never know. Sometimes. Yeah. My employer does Talkspace, so... Yes, Talkspace is another one. So you never know if these resources resources are available. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like you had other challenges about seeking it for the first time? I know that you like had some stigmas or anything, but do you think that at that point you were just kind of desperate? Yeah, I think I was desperate, but one of the things that maybe worried me was people finding out. So a lot of people in my family don't know I'm in therapy. So when I say people, I'm speaking about my family. I was <laughs> I was friends. just gonna I was just gonna ask you that. So you're about to jump into my next question. Um, what were your thoughts about therapy maybe five to ten years ago? 
I, I thought that therapy was for troubled people in in a bad way. You know, I thought that it was for people. Nah, like you, said, yo, say it, say it with your chest, Kyle. Say it. How I you thought it say was. It back. I thought it was. I thought it was for crazy people. That's what I yeah, thought. I thought, you know, what? literally, because literally, you know, that's what I say at the beginning of the podcast. I'm like, es para la gente loca. And you know what's crazy? Because the way that I physically envisioned therapy was that I would be laying down in a chair, <laughs> leaned all the way back with like the white paper and with my hands crossed and looking up. Like I really thought therapy was like an institution. No, like so, how they have it on TV though. Exactly. So I'm like, I don't think my problems are that serious. That's that's what I used to think. I'm like, I think I just have little shit with my mom and stuff like that. <laughs> but then when I realized how it's affected me today, like for example, like with physicalities and Michelle knows this. I'm only physical with my romantic partners or maybe with like friends that I'm close to and even not that much because I used to get hit a lot when I was younger so like sometimes even like play fighting or any like sudden movements just make me flinch so mm-hmm. once I notice how that affects me today I'm like nah I need help <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean and when she says physical she means like she Carla's like not one to like like hugs too much or like she's I not do. super like yeah it just depends on like who's giving them or like where they're coming from she's just like but that's just like not your first response like and i noticed this though you know what i'm saying i'm being honest like there's some friends who are hella touchy-feely you're not one of my touchy-feely friends you know what i'm saying like that that that's like earned with carla's time like that's not something that just comes like super i got some friends who are just like i'm a hug everybody (laughs) and there's just some people who aren't like that and you can just like sense from like sudden body movements you know yeah and also um (laughs) so another reason i don't really like to like be too touchy touchy with my girlfriends is because i'm bisexual and i honestly don't want some of my straight friends to feel like i'm hitting on them if i'm being honest like i've had friends in the past that like felt like i was trying to hit on them i'm like relax like (laughs) i i would never just like you know, like if I were to ever try to make a move on my fr- on a friend, it would be very consensual. Like I would, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason. Yeah, it's like we're on the same page, bro. Yeah, because like, I wouldn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. No, I feel that. So now that you're in the dating world, is it important to you to be with someone who is or has gone to therapy, and like why or why not? Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a requirement, but it's a good preference. Um, the recent guys I've dated, like maybe like the past three, they've all been, they all are in therapy or have been in therapy, mm-hmm. um, which I like, and I think that it's reflected um, on the way that they communicate or the way they maneuver, which has been pretty cool. And also too, because although I don't think therapy is for crazy people, I still worry that some people may think it's still for crazy people. So like maybe if I'm dealing with a guy that's completely uneducated on therapy sometimes i may not go into too much detail because i wouldn't want him to think that i'm crazy if i'm being honest like that (laughs) that's just part of like what i'm dealing with yeah so yeah but some guys that aren't too like knowledgeable about therapy have been very supportive of that too so i had one guy dated and he never he's never been but he understood it and asked me questions about it oh that's dope Mm -hmm. really yeah, I'll tell you who in the in the Oh my gosh, yeah, you're gonna have to tell me. Yeah. That's dope because I feel like well, I talked about it earlier in in the podcast, but just like I just started going to therapy. So like I haven't been in a relationship while in therapy, which is like so fucking bizarre. Um, because I am a social worker. 
So I've just been providing therapy for other people while I've been in relationships. But I haven't actually experienced a romantic relationship while being in therapy. And it's so interesting because now that I'm single, like, this has come up for me. And I'm, like, thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, I only date, like, men of color. And... Yeah, that for me, it is kind of a requirement. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like, I don't know too many men of color who haven't experienced some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just kind of like, yeah, son, like, if you haven't been to therapy, like, how are you dealing and addressing the traumas that you've had? Like, how is that working for you? And I mean, granted, like, if for whatever reason you've had dealt with it or whatever like then I guess we'll learn about it and we'll like talk about it and 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 whatever but yeah no I don't really believe that I'm just kind of like nah like all the people that I've been in relationships with had a lot of unaddressed trauma and if I'm honest like it definitely came up in our relationships so I'm just kind of like yeah that's a dub like I don't want to be in a relationship like that again And now that I'm in therapy, I'm just like, yeah, this is actually really helpful. And I definitely like to be with somebody who has said that they've been and and or is currently, you know, and I think it's it's actually like a really big turn on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're addressing your your traumas. (laughs) That's so so cool, because I just (laughs) think it 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 shows a level of self-awareness. Right. It shows this level of like, I understand that I'm not perfect. I understand that, like, I actually have shit to work on or have had shit to work on. I understand that, like, I need more tools in my toolbox to work on these things. And like, I want to be a better version of myself. That's those are the things that it says to me when when men are like, I want to be in therapy or I have been or I'm going. And so I'm like, yeah, that's dope. Like, who doesn't want to date somebody like that? Right. And ultimately, I think, too, like, I definitely want to be in couples therapy, like before, like getting married or like anything like that, because I just think it's like a good thing to to do before like entering a long-term partnership so yeah like to me that's definitely something that i've considered now in my in my singleness i agree yes i'd definitely be open to like marriage counseling or yeah couples therapy before getting married or just even throughout a relationship if things are getting difficult i'm very down to have a third party that's Mm -hmm. educated to help us out for sure yeah so you were about to get into this before i interrupted you but what does your family think about therapy? Um, from recent conversations, I think their mentality has maybe shifted a little bit. Um, like I've heard my mom speak about my aunt um, who, who deals with a lot of personal things and, and mental things. And she, she, I heard her say something about, oh, you know, maybe she needs to talk to someone. So I'm like, okay, wow. that's a start. I, I know, I know. <laughs> You're welcome, every Dominican in the world. I set the blueprint. <laughs> um, so yeah, so here I've heard her say like things like that, like when she she hears of like people bullying each other, things like that. But I still think that they would think that I'm dealing with something bigger than what they may see. So yeah, I would say that. I think that they still have their stereotypes, but recently they have um, shifted a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that 
people have a certain connotation of mental health until mental health impacts them directly. Mm-hmm. There's this label of like, oh, craziness y la locura y eso no es pa loco and this, that, and the third until someone in your family directly has like a brush with like anything, really. I would say if I'm transparent, um, on my dad's side, everyone has dealt with mental health issues. Um, I have siblings who have mental health conditions. And so I think talking about therapy on my dad's side is actually really easy. And I say this for my immediate family. I'm not talking about tios and tias because ain't nobody need to know my business like that on my tios and tias side. I'm talking about my siblings and my father. I'm able to, like, my siblings, we all kind of joke about it. I actually just found out, I feel like, this year that pretty much all of my siblings have at some point talked to a therapist. I did not know this. But I was like, oh, shit. All of us have, like, seen a therapist? Like, and some of them for, like, couples therapy. One One of my siblings has a serious diagnosis, so that's that. And then, like... My sister, she has, I am currently, I really think maybe my only sibling who hasn't on my father's side is just my little brother. And that's just because he don't know any better right now. Um, but <laughs> he, I, I'm sure he'll get there at some point. But yeah, like on my dad's side, I feel like everyone kind of just has visited that. And like, I don't know. I don't know what my father thinks about this. I haven't talked to him about it, but like. Yeah, it's just very interesting. It's just, like, not as taboo as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, on my mom's side, I definitely think there's a little more stigma there. And, like, that is definitely way more interesting because, you know, we all know how Latina moms are. They are very, like... Ain't nothing wrong with them. They're perfection, right? And so, like, my mom, like, my mom, I, y'all, I'm a mental health professional. My mom (laughs) has, like, at least three different diagnoses that I could pull out from the DSM-5. Legit. Like, I could diagnose my mom with three diagnoses. In fact, she's been diagnosed at least with one of them. And, like, homegirl refuses to go to therapy. Like, she just refuses. Like, she just won't go. She won't go because she's just like, it's an ayuda. Like, that just doesn't help me. And I'm like, yeah, son, because you won't go consistently. Of course, not that you that. Like, of course, it won't help you because you just won't go consistently. And she just, she's like, no, it's just not helpful. And she just refuses to go. So, like, she has her own reasonings behind it. 110%. It's the self righteousness. Like, she just thinks she's above it. So, like, no, I don't really talk to my mom about therapy because I'm just like, yeah, like, you, God knows you need therapy, but, like, you won't go. So, yeah, I'm just kind of like, yeah, you, you won't go. But, like, my sister and I, on my mom's side, we can talk about therapy. She knows I'm in therapy, and she's actually been very, very supportive about it. And she's like, yeah, with all the fucking mommy-daddy issues, like, please go to therapy. Can, Can you please go to therapy? I'm like... Yes, I got you. And in fact, like, I remember when I started, she's like, have you talked about mom yet? I'm just like, okay, sis, like, back up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like, it's just so interesting. There's just, like, a very different dynamic of, like, my parents and just how they they view it as well um, and how it's stigmatized. And 
even just how it's changed over the years. I get it. Yeah, and I can relate a little bit too. Like on my dad's side, I definitely feel like they're more open-minded to therapy and just like issues that maybe, you know, Latina moms, for example, may find controversial. But then on my mom's side, everyone is definitely a little bit more traditional. So if anything, Mm -hmm. although my mom and I have spent um, most of our relationship arguing, (laughs) um, I, I do think that she at the end of the day um takes on some of the things that i say like i can just tell like by how much she's modernized from a decade ago to now like my mom is definitely more open to new things she she's still a little iffy but i think that her mind has opened up just a little which is dope that's awesome yeah because i just won't let up that's why like once you set boundaries with your parents and you like kind of just like claim who you are you there's not much room for them to kind of interfere with that yeah the the wiggle room is far and few between yeah i feel it (laughs) what would you say to those who are considering going to therapy any words of advice i would definitely recommend therapy if you can afford it and if you cannot afford it like i previously mentioned it'll be it'll be worth it to um check out any local resources which michelle said that she can provide um maybe see with your um primary care physician as well if they have um any availability or um, if they can work out something with you um but most importantly I just really want to emphasize that you are not alone because that was just something that I dealt with growing up. Like I had a toxic relationship with my mom and I felt, and I'm an only child, so it doesn't get any lonelier than that. Mm -hmm. So I just really felt like I was the only person in the world who had a bad relationship with their mom. Like I legit thought that that was me and other people who had good relationships with their mom or at least quote unquote more traditional relationships. They would always judge me or complain and say, oh, you know, like don't talk to her like that. Like you're being a bad daughter but it's like sure there's been many times where I've been out of pocket and I've said crazy things but you guys are also not looking at what um what was the catalyst to my behavior too and that's another reason why I felt alone because everyone kept complaining to me about it but now so many more people including my friends are opening up about their relationships with their mom and if you just find someone to talk to like it'll really help unpack a lot of your traumas like without therapy I feel like I would be pretty ignorant to a lot of things. And I'm a flexible thinker. I'm like a sponge. So if you give me a piece of advice and I think that it's tangible and realistic, I have no problem, like, you know, changing the way I look at things. So, yes. Yeah. And toxic relationships with family members, including our parents, are hella real. So if anyone can relate to that, that's a reason to go to therapy. One of the many. Yeah, and especially um, for black and brown people, I just feel like a lot of us um, find ourselves in relationships like this with either our parents or other family members. And I just don't think we realize how much they have impacted us until we see our behaviors down the line. And I just wanted to change that. I don't I don't want to have this mentality of like at one point I had this mentality where I'm like, I'm just going to give up on our relationship. Who cares? Right. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, no, like you grow up and you see things differently. You're like, do you really want to? you know, reach the end of your life knowing that you didn't even try at least. Right. So therapy has helped. Yay. Well, I really appreciate you for coming on today. And thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for being one of my best friends. Oh, my God. Well, thank you for having me. Um, 
this is me how I sound when I'm giving a nomination speech. <laughs> um, I I appreciate you having me, and yeah, Konya, who are we? Yes, we poppin'. We poppin'. Bye. Yes. Let me start off by saying there is no quick and easy fix to heal your traumas, depression, anxiety, or any other mental health condition you may be dealing with. However, there are tips, strategies, resources, and people out there who can help you. Tips on how to cope with anxiety, depression, or trauma, or other mental health conditions. First off, seek therapy. And we will go on to talk about a list of ways in which you can do that. Take a break from social media and news outlets. Introduce self-care into your lifestyle. What does self-care look like? It can look like going outside, exercising in any form, walking, running, biking, at-home workouts, gym workouts, dancing, etc. Creative outlets like journaling, writing poetry, making music, making any form of art. Something as simple as getting enough sleep. Reading and watching things that feed your soul and spirit. Finding mindfulness practices that work for you, like meditation and or prayer. Treating yourself. This can be in a physical way, a spiritual way, a mental way, an emotional way. Looking at images that reflect love and empowerment. Taking deep breaths. Talking to loved ones. Listening to music and sounds that bring you peace. Smelling relaxing scents in candle form or raw form like lavender, orange peels, chamomile, and lemon. Practicing, asking, and allowing others to help. Having some things that are just for you. Disconnecting your worth from your work or your unemployment. Now, people to follow if you are one who's connected to Instagram and or other social media outlets. At Therapy for Black Men. This is an organization committed to the mental health and wellness of black men and boys. At Black Men Heal, a pro bono therapy for men of color by providers of color based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. At Henry Health App, culturally sensitive self-care support and mental health services. At A Call to Men, that's spelled A-C-A-L-L-T-O-M-E-N. This educates men all over the world on healthy, respectful manhood Embracing and promoting a healthy, respectful manhood. Preventing violence against women, sexual assault and harassment, bullying, and many other social ills. At Here For It Pod, that's spelled H-E-R-E-F-O-R-I-T-P-O-D. Colorful commentary on LGBTQIA health and wellness. At Gentleman's Factory, underscore the premier destination for men of color looking to excel both personally and professionally.
at Alex underscore L, the author and founder of Hey Girl Podcast. She offers affirmations that can help anyone on a daily basis. At Therapy for Black Girls, an organization committed to the mental wellness of black women and girls. At Decolonizing Therapy, Dr. Jennifer Mulan uses her platform and centers her work in addressing the traumas caused by systemic inequities. So how do we find therapy? So how do we find therapists? Nowadays, it is really hard to find a therapist who's available and has capacity on their caseload, but there are ways, and this all depends on where you live. So I am gonna say and list off a couple of things that you can put into your Google search so that you can all have access to this. But if none of these apply, then please be sure to visit your local clinic and or your local primary care physician, which is your primary care doctor, and ask them if they have a mental health facility in which that they can give you a referral to a mental health clinician. The list is as follows. Your first Google search should be inclusive therapists. Your second Google search should be the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, and that is spelled B-O-R-I-S Lawrence L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E Henson H-E-N-S-O-N Foundation. The third is the National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network. The fourth Therapy for Black Girls, the fifth, Therapy for Black Men, the sixth, Therapy for Latinx, the seventh, Latinx Therapy, the eighth, Melanin and Mental Health. Again, these are all Google searches that you guys can look up in the internet. And if none of these are available, then please, please go to your local clinic, ask your primary care doctor if they are able to give you a referral to any mental health clinicians in the area. And if your insurance covers it, if, it does, if they do not have any, please be sure to ask them for any other mental health services and or free resources that they may be offering in the area. But most of all, love who you are in the skin that you're in because there isn't another you, boo, and that's on period. Although I am a licensed social worker, my advice does not replace that advice of a therapist that you may be seeing or a therapist you would like to see in the future. Anyone could be struggling with depression and suicidal thoughts. If you are having suicidal feelings, please call 1-800-273-8253. Mi gente, make sure you subscribe, follow, and review Coño Who Am I wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, you can also find me at Coño Who Am I on Instagram. And that's spelled C-O-N-O because Instagram doesn't believe in Enyes. Tune in next week. Peace, y'all.